welcome to Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. And I am Nick. And my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season two, episode 11 of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're so glad you're here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. And in this episode, we will be discussing season two, episode 11, Head. As usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, but we'll be discussing this episode, spoilers and all. Buffy returns from a night out with Xander and Willow to find Joyce kissing a man called Ted. Ted is charm personified, baking superbly, which impresses everyone but Buffy. Buffy recognizes she may be biased against men her mom is dating, but something about Ted feels off to Buffy. Ted and Joyce take the gang mini-golfing, and Ted and Buffy have an unpleasant confrontation over the rules of that great sport. Cordy and Xander continue to smooch in school broom closets illicitly. Buffy decides to spy on Ted, but he finds out. Ted is waiting for Buffy when she climbs through her window after sneaking out for patrol. Ted has gone through Buffy's things. He threatens her, and during their argument, Ted hits Buffy. She lets loose and kicks him down the stairs, where he lands and breaks his neck. The police question Buffy, and even though no charges are brought, Buffy feels like even more of an outcast at school. Can't imagine why. Made even worse by investigators speaking with Buffy's teachers. Giles saves Jenny's life while patrolling, and some trust is reestablished. When Ted mysteriously shows back up at the summer residence, and after Willow, Xander, and Cordy do some snooping, we learn that Ted is actually a homicidal robot who has been drugging people around him with his delicious cooking. Ted attempts to kidnap Joyce, but is defeated by a skillet-toting Buffy. We end with a sweet reconciliation moment between Buffy and Joyce on the porch. Shout out to Buffy Guide, from which a summary was adapted. Oh man, this episode, Allie. This episode. So this episode starts off, as you know, the summary says, Buffy, Willow, and Xander are walking back to Buffy's house, and Xander and Willow are having a somewhat heated debate over... Something that we find out is a debate between who was really in charge, the captain or Tennille. Do you know who those people are? Dude, I have no fucking idea. None whatsoever what they're talking about. Cannot follow it in the slightest. It is a band, the captain and Tennille. I believe they were a duo. And they sing, uh, one of their most popular songs was Love Will Keep Us Together. Love will keep love, me and you Love together. will I, keep us I, together. I, I am so grateful that you knew from the start that I wasn't going to know who that was. I, I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. I have a really random reason why I know who the Captain and Jaleel is. Actually, two. So first, the movie Get Over It, which is a 90s classic that my sister and I love, uh, starts with a scene, a like big music number by the Captain and Jaleel, or, you know, vitamin C voice in Captain Jaleel. Anyway. Uh, so there's that. So that's how they first came into mind. And then also in the movie Josie and the Pussycats, uh, <laughs> Val is watching a behind the music about Cap Captain Antonio. Connections abound. So, I mean, I just knowing the characters, I'm inclined to believe that whatever Willow is arguing, she's right. I don't know enough about like their actual dynamic as a band. Uh, not having been around at that time to know sort of like what was in the zeitgeist or whatever. In fact, I'm a little surprised that they're 
it shows that they're sort of like old souls. Like these weren't, I wouldn't have considered them contemporaries. Yeah. 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 So this would be like, you know, their parents' music. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like, you know, me arguing about like the lead singer of Foreigner or something like that. Which I don't know, maybe it's another band that that you don't know, but again, sure don't. if you yeah. if you heard their songs, you would recognize them. Well, I could debate with you about the original Broadway cast of Hairspray the musical. That is exactly pretty exactly much where it my would, musical knowledge. It was ends. like our friends arguing about original Broadway cast of Jean Valjean versus the 30th anniversary concert version, all of that. Oh, so nerdy! I love them. So we learn during this little opening scene here that, well, other than Xander and Willow's exquisite music taste, um, that they are, are presuming that Spike and Drusilla are gone. They're noticing mm-hmm. it's quiet. Angel is still recovering. And this seems like an important piece that I would have missed if I hadn't been doing research. But we learn that the Order of Taraka... The contract against Buffy has been called off. Yeah, I missed that. I was wondering what they were going to do with that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, again, with him being presumed dead, I guess, like, if your client dies... Then I'm not getting paid. The the contract's off. Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. And Xander, in a very Xander-y fashion, says something like, yeah, isn't it great how quiet everything is? And he was like, oh, I... And immediately catches himself, which is like, good job, you're learning. He yeah. immediately catches himself and like, I really shouldn't have said that, should I? And Buffy's like, ah, we won't hold it against you this I time. I thought about that. What episode was that where he got rightfully chastised for tempting yeah, the universe? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was one uh, of them recently. Buffy and Willow immediately are like, <gasps> how could you? How could you? How could you say that? And they like walk off like really glum. I know exactly the moment you're talking about and I can't. Yeah. That's funny. Listeners, let us know. Yeah, you guys will know. You'll correct us. So this is also just so classic. Right when Buffy says it's quiet, she is going up to the door and and the Mm -hmm. door just pushes open. It's not closed. So, man, just when she thought it was quiet, it looks like somebody might have broken in. But, of course, we know that that's not what happened. It's something far more horrifying than an intruder. Joyce was in too much of a rush to lock the door behind her. Yeah, get to station with her new bow. Yeah. So I love just of course I, I always love the writing. Uh so they break apart and Ted says, Hi. Buffy goes, Hi. <laughs> and it was just a really great contrast dynamic little thing. Yeah, I uh maybe it's because I know what happens, but I immediately don't like Ted. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. He's there just feels something disingenuous disingen not i just don't trust people that perky yeah yeah there's something but it really bugs me right like you said it's very suspicious uh but i do love joyce's dress she looks great oh her hair looks really good in this episode too to me it does it does i totally get uh what ted saw in her so don't blame her at all (laughs) um so it's like a very rough and awkward introduction and so ted is talking to xander and willow and buffy's talking to joyce and buffy goes so all these late nights at the gallery lately i gather you've been cataloging more than art which is just said in this very at this beginning i feel buffy i feel like she's more maybe more and maybe this is just me reading or defending buffy but like 
feel like she's a little more upset that she wasn't told and that it was she fa- she had to find out this way rather yeah. than I feel like at least initially it's less oh god my mom's dating I mean it's uh, eventually that is certainly part of it but I think at least the beginning is like so were you just like not gonna tell me yeah and I haven't ever been a divorced parent newly dating so what do i know but i feel like there should probably be a boundary against if you're gonna bring him to the house if there is the slightest chance that right they're gonna like run kids into are each unpredictable other, like, yeah probably probably give Buffy heads up here i'm totally on Buffy's side throughout the entire yeah. episode i mean now yeah you haven't been an ador- a divorced parent but you have been the child of divorced parents who have both been in new relationships so and actually that the wedding that I'm going to this weekend is my dad's wedding. I'm getting a stepmom. Oh my god! I didn't know that they were engaged. Yeah, they're wow. getting they're tying the knot this weekend. And Heidi has never threatened to slap my face or gone Good. through my things or Good. called me little lady, which would oh be my weird god. for a number of reasons. So just... cringe! So cringe! I hate. I like shuddered every time he said that oh there's just something that in his peppiness there's something patronizing about him hundred percent hundred percent and like his smile doesn't reach his eyes mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. so oh you're sinister. right it yeah really there's doesn't. something just dead behind it well actually there is i mean like dead. yeah it's something <laughs> something very dead behind his eyes uh we find out later but like yeah and yeah I just, yeah, that's so, he's so, ugh, ugh, ugh. So, but this dynamic that, that Ted has here, he's the new thing and he's saying cool things at first. He can talk to Willow about computers and he's making delicious pizza for Xander and yeah. just this new shiny thing. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a believable dynamic, I feel like. Like, maybe not to that for extreme, sure. but you would yeah. totally see that happening. I mean, I do feel, I mean, and again, we find out later that, all of the treats have been laced so we can, in hindsight, forgive Willow and Xander. But in the moment, they come off super tone deaf. They don't have her back at all. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, she is unhappy and uncomfortable. And they're just like, nah, 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 you're the best. Isn't he awesome? Your pizzas are the best. You should, I would pay 100 bucks for this pizza. Guys, come on. Yeah, yeah. Can you be a bro here? What are you doing? Fine, yeah. Say something mean about his shoes or something. I don't know. <laughs> so this is, I think, the last cringe dialogue that I have for this little scene here. Ted, it's Ted. Oh, so much cringe dialogue from Ted. <laughs> uh, Joyce says to Buffy, I really want you to be okay with this. And Ted says, beg to differ. We really want you to be okay with this. Which, yeah. first of all, we're jumping. This is... This is a lot of steps really real quickly. quick to we and like don't make don't put Buffy in that position. She just saw you making out and just learned about you. Why aren't we? Oh yeah. man! And also, I and I am such a big tone person, so it's just like the way that he says it is still so forceful. Mm-hmm. It's not like he is he is going to her energetically rather than standing his place and kind of inviting her in her own time come to him. So he could have, like, really relaxed, be like, yeah, and hopefully I I would also love for you to be cool with this because I really care about your mom. But no, he's just, like, puts his arm around Joyce in this, like, really possessive way, 
And we see more of that throughout the episode. Super possessive, cutting her off, correcting her. He's the man of the house already. Oh, my God. Oh, so awful. And again, hindsight, we can forgive everybody because they were being drugged. But, like, I would be pissed at my mom just that she was letting a guy talk to her, talk to her, talk about her that way. I uh, refuse to forgive them all like you have, but we do know that you're more forgiving and level-headed than me. <laughs> but For yes, other people, for other we people, do for certain people. learn the context, but certainly when you're watching the episode in the moment, it's pretty bad. It's real bad. And yeah, it's just like, God, Joyce, how desperate and lonely are you? Yeah, enough that, yeah. We'll we'll get into more of the messed up stuff that yeah. Joyce does here. It's not a great it's not a great episode for Joyce. It's not a cute look. So we cut to Buffy's patrolling and she is beating the snot out yeah. of a vampire. And I, I wrote, if only every teenager had such a constructive outlet for their angst. Yeah, fighting evil. Yeah. 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 Like she's not beating up. She's not like taking it out on her friends or anything like that. Like she's like, Well, I'm gonna beat up this dude and kill him anyway. Let me just get in a few extra licks and, like, you know, yeah, she's get a wailing on a out. demon. Have at it. Yeah. Yeah. Giles is uh, a little taken aback and bemused. It's so great. Buffy starts talking about the vampires and it's clearly like subtext. And she says, Vampires are creeps. And Giles says, Yes, that's why we slay them. Yeah. And then so, and she, she goes on this like little rant about vampires that's clearly about Ted and gets more and more so clearly about Ted. And and Giles says, Buffy, I think the subtext here is rapidly becoming, well, text. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've been in those situations where it's like, you're clearly saying one thing, but talking about something else here. Oh, man, you're going through it. This isn't about the thing that's in front of us, is it? Mm -mm, I don't think so. Oh, funny. So um, the next day, they're at school, and Xander and Willow are fawning over Ted. He's the master chef, and mm-hmm. and the computers or whatever. And and Buffy is Buffy says, "I'm just saying, there's something a little too clean about this clown." <laughs> Perceptive and true. We should always believe Buffy. And yep, I have lots of comments about that. It, yeah, go. Oh, just like I wrote several times. When are we going to start believing Buffy the first time around? I yep. am fucking sick of it. Even later, I wrote like hashtag justice for Buffy. Uh, because I'm just like, how many times does she have to blatantly prove you guys wrong before you trust her instincts? Every, yeah, every single time. Yeah, we've said Come this so many on. times. Stop. Don't gaslight Buffy. Just, yeah. But I also loved after she says, there's just like something... Not squeak clean about this clown, and Willow goes, he he he, he's a clean clown. I have my own fun. <laughs> oh, I miss so that. cute, She's so charming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that she is. It's this idea of like we can hold multiple thoughts in our brain at once. So Xander mocks her, and he says, "You're having parental issues. You're having parental," which rude. <laughs> And but Buffy it, it acknowledges mm-hmm. that there's some like I yes you're kind of right but still there's something weird about him and sometimes you just right. get that feeling about people right yeah she definitely has the presence of mind to go okay yes this is about my mom kissing a guy but also it's about this guy 
it goes deeper than ick I saw my mom making out. And then right on cue, who comes uh, up in the background? Ted, 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 Ted. Yeah, updating yep. software or something. Sure. Yeah, and like he's saying all the right things, but and just like overstepping and yeah. I mean, I, and again, I wrote if any if it were anyone but Buffy, I'd say it's fair to say she's likely being oversensitive and projecting. But it's not anyone. It is Buffy. Yeah. 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 We've seen her be right time and time again. Maybe it's Slayer magic. Maybe it's just she's brilliant. Who knows? So Ted hands Willow a stack of floppy disks, <laughs> which is really funny. I had one computer during my time growing up that even I could use floppy disks on. So this yeah, was... ours ours still took floppy disks, but we didn't use them. So it was like, you know, when you had that DVD and VHS player, but you mostly used the DVD yeah. slot. Yeah. Like we were still like by the time I was playing games and stuff like that, it was CDs. But like I knew what a floppy disk was and there was a slot for it. Yeah. That computer now doesn't even have a disk drive. I know. That was a big I had to get over that. I that was why I lugged around at my my bigger computer for a long time because I was like, I need a disk drive. How do you guys like just like function without a disk drive? How do you watch your movies? And then when it came time to get a new laptop, Hayden was like, they just don't have them anymore. Yeah. Like you don't have an option. That's all. I was like, okay, well, the choice was taken away from me. Fine. <laughs> Guess uh, I'll live with this. I will get with it now. Yep. I'll go over to my parents' house when I have a DVD to watch because apparently that's my only option now. That's funny. So we have um, we have Willow being a bro here, but Xander not rising to the occasion. Ted asks the three of them to go mini golfing. And Buffy's like, nope, sorry, we have something. And Willow's like, yeah, oh, yeah we have the thing. something. Yeah. Xander's like, no, we don't. Yeah, and he knows thing. exactly what she's trying to do. But of course, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like that thing we can do anytime. This is this is important. Let's go mini golfing. He's like, wow, Xander. Okay. And they've both been dropped at this point. So yeah, but, Xander, yeah, you should have. Yeah, and it's just like it is not unreasonable for Buffy to be feeling this way. Again, taking away what we know, for him to still be coming so aggressively after he just met her last night. Hmm? You are so rushing. You are so overstepping. Mm -hmm. My parents always gave me, like, very clearly, when they started dating new people, they all were always like, yeah, say the word and they're gone. We'll never talk to them again. You have to be Good. okay with them. They're Right, yeah, you're the they, priority here. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. And some of those people I should have given the veto card on and I didn't. <laughs> but it all worked out. Well, mostly worked out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm being so careful. <laughs> your parents don't listen to podcasts, do they? I don't know. Who knows? Do your siblings? Well, your uh, siblings probably agree. If any of them, the cool one. Yeah, so they wouldn't care anyway. Yeah, yeah. So after this scene, we're like, fine, they'll go mini golfing. This is when we, we're moving to Giles, right? We have a mm -hmm. quick, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Giles goes to Jenny's classroom, has a weak excuse to be talking to her. And she calls him out on it. She's very clearly still shaken up. And she, he says, you know, how have you been doing? She says, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Stayed out of trouble for three whole weeks. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's been, yeah, that, I guess that gives us kind of a sense of how much time has gone past. Well, that, that and the clear difference of when she's in your life versus when she's not. The choice that, that, that she has to be aware of. Because mm-hmm. I think, I think maybe, I think I commented on, on a previous episode that like, she was the one instigating her involvement in a lot of these situations. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, then so- sometimes it takes something happening and then you're like, oh, shit, this is real. Like, I could actually get hurt. I could have died. Now I'm not so OK with this. You know, yeah. it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. I have this I have this quote that I wanted to process. She says, I know you're concerned, but having you constantly around making puppy dog eyes at me wondering if I'm OK, you make me feel bad that I don't feel better. I don't want that responsibility. Mm hmm. And it, you can see that she's conflicted because she clearly likes him, but then it's yeah. clearly very dangerous and she was hurt. Uh, but but maybe, maybe it's just what we learn later on, but it's like, girl, you, like, you, posi- you engineer things to be, but you're right. Yeah, you, it becomes more real when something bad actually happens, like being possessed by a demon and Right. Right. And that emotional trauma and a lot of that. Like, if you think about when the, when she first came in and was dealing with like, the demon in the computer, like, she wasn't really in danger. She was really more like researchy side. And I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of things that it's easy to see where, like, she was still in the realm of this is an adventure. This is exciting. This is thrilling. But this became really real. And like, and I'm I was more sensitive to this conversation whereas maybe pre- in previous times I would have been more on Giles' side but having been in her position where like my first breakup ever I specifically said please give me space we'll reconnect because it was over the summer so I was like I, I need the summer I need space please please give me that space and we'll reconnect when school starts back up I was not given that space and he did not respect that space and so there was a lot of healing that I didn't get to do so that when school did roll around I was still angry I was still really hurt and you know there was a lot of things that like there were some other people were like wow it's so immature that she's like avoiding him and all these things and it's like well Maybe if I'd been given the space that I needed. Yeah, I tried to be mature about it. Yeah. Right. Like, I wanted to be classy. And then you continued to poke at me on social media and things. And so then I had to block you. Like, if you'd been respectful, I wouldn't have had to do these things. Actually, I'm not the not classy one. It's him who's the unclassy one here. Exactly. And I can definitely see that, like, when someone has expectations of how you're supposed to feel, it doesn't change the way that you feel. That doesn't suddenly make everything okay just because you wish it. So it's just making it even harder, and which is probably just making it take even longer for her to get past this stuff. Yeah, I I bet that she has not spent three weeks just out of danger, just chilling. I bet that there has been met eyes that Giles has like caught her. Like I bet that there has been some right other lingering along the in way. the hallways. And that's on top of whatever she's going through on her own of flashbacks, maybe like PTSD type stuff. Maybe she's having nightmares. Maybe she's not sleeping well. I feel like it is worth highlighting, too, that she like she did sign up to be in some danger when she hung out with them because that's like the nature of it. But this was, I think, particularly painful because it was 
there was like a betrayal. There was like a, it was partially a lie that Giles told. So there's probably a good, like that, that lack of trust that she doesn't have in him now. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see where she felt maybe a lie of omission. I mean, on that one, on, on, in Giles' defense, they have not known each other that long. They've not been dating that long. I can see where, sure, maybe down the line, he would have gone into the scary, awful, <laughs> someone dying. Yeah. Things that he got into when he was young. Like, they've been on, what, a handful of dates? Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. they hadn't gotten there yet. I think to give Giles the benefit of the doubt, I can see where they would have gotten there once they had developed some more. They, I don't know. Yeah, once they, they their relationship had developed more. Because I can see where Giles doesn't like bringing this shit up. So it's not going to be what he brings up at the start of a relationship. And as far as he knew, it's been 30 years. This is not a present thing in his life. While it was actively, we don't need to like rehash it, but like while it was actively unfolding, he would still be in KG that like he snapped at Buffy. True. And was like, True. Once Dang. once those people were back in his life, he could have then told to, everybody. Yeah. True. Fair enough. I will concede that point. Um, okay. I'm glad we processed this. This helps me relate to it differently. So Giles leaves and he looks so sad. And then Jenny also looks like she feels bad too. Yep. It's hor- so sad and unsatisfying for everybody involved. Yeah, but you know what is satisfying? Playing nurse for Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- this is they get these next two episodes. There's some hot makeout that happens. Yep, the temperature is rising. It it is. <laughs> um, so she is. This is another thing where I think I come down on the side of Angel and you'll like it. But I did feel a little complicated about Buffy is venting about Ted and and Buffy makes a note like she had said something to her mom and her mom sassed her back. Like Buffy doesn't always want to be talking about Ted and Angel goes, so are you going to talk about something else at some point? <laughs> and... Okay, fine. Sometimes we need a little shock to the system to make us realize, like, what we're doing. But also, you just go ahead and vent, sweet thing. This he stuff. did say it with humor. He, it was, yeah. He was not rude about it. He was gentle. I thought I actually had a note about this stuff, but I love this very normal girlfriend-boyfriend conversation. It's very sweet. And I thought he had this lovely way of gently not saying like, well, you're being stupid. You're just pull it, put, you know, picking a scab. Like, no, he says, he just kind of like shows her, you know, aren't you talking about Ted right now? <laughs> and didn't you just say your mom, you didn't want to be talking about Ted and now right, that's what you're right. doing constantly. So he just like kind yeah. of humor, with humor pointed out the kind of silliness of what she was doing. And she very good naturedly acknowledges it. And he, I liked the way that he gently talked her, kind of talked this through this, the way that you would hope a partner would. So I really liked this conversation. And like keep you kind of accountable, but also be gentle. Yeah, because I don't th- I don't think a partner should just indulge every whim. I don't think he would be a good responsible partner if he was just like, yep, you're right. He's the devil. Yeah. Um, Paul, don't listen to that part. If you're listening <laughs> to this, ignore that. <laughs> but I agree with you overall. Um, I like at the end of the conversation, Angel has helped Buffy get to the point of like, okay, I'm going to try to have an open mind. We'll try to get the right. guy tunes. I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then we're at the next day, right? Yeah. Because with the information we have, she has currently on Ted, yes, it is reasonable 
her to take a step back, give him another chance. And but I bet the very, had... very quickly, we get more information that just proves her right. Yeah, yeah. Because A, gross for Ted to bring up. Uh, oh, I bet the boys are lining up for you. Yeah. Gross. Ew, dude, ew. Don't what talk about that. You want to that? that what that, you're saying? Like, Right. Like that is implying that you are like labeling qualities that she has of like desirous and like that's just like gross because like, that means you're thinking of it. And then also, second, way over the line for him to talk about her grades on their second meeting. And he's no. like in a in a chastising way. Too. Yes, exactly. He's, like, yeah. Right. Um, before this, there's some vanilla flavored homophobia, homophobia light diet, homophobia, whatever you want to call it. Joyce goes, do you know how rare it is to find a man that cooks? And he goes, I know I've been looking a long time for one or something like that. It's like, no way. Maybe that would be funny. But because I know more about you, I don't find it funny. I find everything you do offensive. <laughs> so, OK, not only does he know about her grades and he brings it up. Joyce, what the fuck? She's what? like, yeah, he. I mean, he is right, Buffy. Oh, no. He's concerned about you. That's a good thing. No, it's not. No, not, not the way concerned. he's saying it. Not the yeah. way he's saying it. Because it is reasonable for Joyce to, to bring it up in conversation with the guy she's dating. No, yes, it, Yes, it is. Because hear me out. If you're talking about your day, if, again, if you're venting to your boyfriend, she may say, like, Ugh, I don't know what to do about Buffy. She's just getting in trouble and her grades are slipping, all these things. But it is reasonable for her to mention it in conjunction with, like, what's going on in her life. It is not reasonable for him to then speak about it outside of that conversation. It's not, you know, it'd be like, you know, something juicy happens in my life or with my friends or something like that. Like, yeah, over pillow talk, I may tell Hayden. But do I expect him to then go talk to that friend about it or, like, bring it up to other people? Absolutely not. Well, yeah, you can tell Hayden whatever you want because you've been together for years. If you're just newly dating a guy, you are absolutely not true. allowed to tell him about your daughter's struggles. She may, she may have just said that, like, her, she's struggling. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's a reasonable topic for her to talk about as a mom, talking about what's going on in her life. But, yeah, again, still an overstep by Ted, who does say, I don't mean to overstep my bounds. He says while he's overstepping. Yeah. He anytime... says while he is running over the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. The bounds are a mile and a half back. Right, right. Anytime somebody says, I don't mean to something, something, but something, something, something. No offense, but. But. Yeah. You can just completely ignore. If you say but, you can just completely ignore the first part of that. Right. right. Then you shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> right. If you need a qualifier like that, you should be You're trying be to make yourself it. feel better. Right. Then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he calls her little lady again, and I yeah. contemplate slicing his throat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so weird to hear the word malarkey said in that harsh, menacing tone. I mean, obviously, like, that's the, that's the point. That's, you know, what the writers were doing. But, like, ugh, it's just so effective. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, this sinister family guy. Mm -hmm. What is that? Is that even the right? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the, when when he says, um, I don't stand for that kind of malarkey in my house. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. think it's Buffy's response back. It's <laughs> so reasonable. Then I guess it's a good thing I'm not in your house. Yeah. <laughs> with, they're outside. She's right. Well, and he does not live with them. She does not live with him. 
in no conceivable way, shape, or form can he claim any rights over her behavior or household. Yeah, yeah, it's just so clear that it's escalating and... Mm -hmm. It, that And that's frustrating, too, because, like, we see him being more horrible to Buffy. Meanwhile, everybody else is falling more yeah. in love with Ted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. My notes escalate quickly. I go from mm, chocolate chip cookies to in all caps. When will people believe Buffy the first time? Yeah. And then I go right back to mm, sticky buns. Yeah. I I question his pizza making style. I don't know if frying it after you bake it is going to be a great. That sounds messy. I to would me. give it a shot. But the like as they were as they eat all this food, it does look really good. You could tell those cookies were fluffy. I would be rude to him, but I would eat the food, which yeah. then means you know then I would be drugged, and then I'd be saying similar things. I would be, but his food sounds good. Um, I'm just saying, too, people react to drugs in all sorts of different ways. Also true. It could make me really aggressive and hate you even more, which would work out mm -hmm. best. But I guess yeah. this just isn't how these drugs work. I have I mean, maybe not. They do the say, it, they do say that it, it shares properties with MDMA, um, which is, you know, the love drug. So the next day, the sticky buns come up. Buffy doesn't want to eat them because Ted made them, which is turns out to be a really good idea. I know this whole time I'm like, she's stronger than me. But <laughs> again, her her pettiness does uh, does end up working in her favor. This is another I'm setting aside the drugging part because I don't know how much of that is. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm setting aside all of that. This is another not cute scene for Joyce mm -hmm. between the she talks about struggling dating as a single mom and she like talks about it in a way that's clearly like Buffy I hate having a child and and like Buffy straight up tells Joyce that Ted threatened her and she brushes it off really and... calmly too like she just presents it she doesn't she doesn't go off on Joyce or mm -hmm. you know like who the fuck is this guy that you're dating and blah 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 like no she just says like well he threatened me he said he would slap me. And then Joyce said, like, starts saying all this stuff. And then she just, like, glosses over that whole slap thing. But right. she's just like, girl love. Right. What's up with right. that? That's a damning accusation that your daughter just made. And right. you're saying she that She doesn't because... deny that he said it. That's yeah. the thing. She's like, he told me about the caught. He caught you cheating. Come on. And it's like, okay, but, yeah, I was cheating. But that still doesn't negate that he said he'd slap me. Like, she doesn't. She doesn't counteract that point at all. In all the cheating thing, I've been at people with mini golf where they're struggling so hard with this one and it's like they're getting frustrated and it's not fun anymore. Just skip the hole. Whatever. Right, I don't even right. care. Yeah, Just... Whatever. Yeah. You use your foot as a backstop. We all move on. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm also I don't have a competitive bone in my body. So <laughs> like none of this kind of like strictness on rules. Like I don't give a fuck. I don't no, have I... enough energy in me to, like, berate you about the sanctity of the game or, like, the principle, like, whatever. No, I'm there to be goofy and probably talk some shit, but yeah. not actually care. Like, right. I, I will make fun of other people for doing terribly, and then I'll yeah, do terribly, Yeah, and then go too. do terribly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We would have fun mini-golfing together, I think. Of course we would. Of course we would. The, I just had a memory of you 
sorry, this is more important than what you were going to say. I have Perfect. a memory of you playing Wii tennis with me. And oh, God. You couldn't figure out how to, like, hit it right. <laughs> you ended up just tying the thing around your wrist and, like, in like <laughs> shaking it. And I, I have this, I have this vivid memory of right. it. Of your me character, and then like, oh my god, yes, because because when you do that, it just like kind of flaps in the air. Yes, yes, I can perfectly picture that. Sounds a hundred percent like me because that is so much more fun than sucking at the game. Yeah, all sorts of stuff, fun stuff happens in, in me sports. We sports, yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, I'm sorry, you go now. No, I was just, I have a little fashion comment. Uh, Buffy is all about the prints in this episode. I need to pay more attention. I paid such good attention to the fashion choices the first season. Clearly I haven't done it much about this season. Yeah, no, she's rocking a lot of bold prints. I like it. Good. I love a bold print. Mm-hmm. When Joyce says he's making dinner for us tonight, so I'd like you to be, I'd like you home, please, promptly at six. I just wrote, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's when, that, that's when I wrote hashtag justice for Buffy. Yeah, for real. So they're at school, and Buffy asks Willow to look into Ted, and Willow's like, seems like you want him to be corrupt. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I hate everyone except Buffy in this. Yep. And then Cordelia comes out and, like, flays Xander with some sass, and I wrote, never mind, I like Cordelia, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's cool, too. She's fine. Yep, Cordelia can stay. Yeah, and someone says, if I sound bitter, I am. And I'm like, yep, been there. Been yeah. there. About lots of lots of different situations. Yeah, that feels applicable. I love, so we have this lovely interaction. Are you ready to move to the office? Yeah. To Ted's office? I love office? the side plot between Cordelia and Xander. Yes, I'm ready to oh, move on Oh, yeah. Uh, well, their side plot is getting hella obvious, and no one is saying anything. I mean, yeah. I know that, like, a lot of people are distracted by drugs on this one, but, like, I don't know. They're just coming off like super obvious. I would have sat you down and be like, you are banging him. Yeah. You? Are you fucking? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, are you playing tonsil hockey? <laughs> You're being way meaner than you used to be. Yeah. And going off like he would, he would have never gone to follow her after she insulted him previously. No, he would have just no. been like, I. I'll have a good comeback tomorrow or something. And then he just like would have let her walk away. So yeah, I think that I feel like they're being so obvious. I think it's an adorable side plot. Jordan, who we had on for as a guest who told me for so many episodes, I want them to kiss. I want them to kiss. I want them to kiss. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I think he might be disappointed. We'll see. She just recently texted me and was like, you lied to me. (laughs) Um, no, I preserved the surprise for your own enjoyment. Jordan, we love you. Okay. Just, re- just reframing that thought, those thoughts for you, Jordan. Um, I hope you were really excited and have enjoyed this subplot. So we go, Buffy goes to the office to investigate Ted. And of course, he is gross, but he's robotic, shall we say, in his salesmanship. Uh-huh. And Buffy, while she's, like, hiding behind, clearly their little, like, break area station where the coffee and snacks are and stuff, one of the salesmen comes up. He's an older dude. He's been working there for a while. And he's chatting about Ted. Like, ugh, can't wait for this guy to leave because he just steals all the sales, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, good luck. Got to get back to the salt mines. Does a little, like, playful wink and leaves. And I was just like, that was a lovely interaction. 
the guy wasn't creepy at all to the hot new temp. And yeah, that was that was just like lovely. He was really nice and pleasant to the new person. And yeah. Answered her questions. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wholesome he was, interaction. He was friendly yes. and wholesome and I liked it. Sure, I hope Sunnydale has not gotten to you. Not that that should be something to celebrate, but currently, as our world is right now, it is. Yeah. So good on you, random uh, sales operator. So I'm in a sales adjacent field. I know nonprofit fundraising is different. But I don't know. It's kind of there's there's a lot of overlap. You're with still sales. asking for someone to do something. I don't know that his tactics are that strong. I don't know that. I don't know that straight up telling somebody on the phone, yeah, this is really expensive, but if you don't get it, it like I don't. It depends on the person, and again, with his all his computing power, he may be able to recognize what that kind of person is. But some that's people, true. yeah, that's very true. Good some point. people will give you points for just being upfront, like, yeah, this is expensive. I'm not going to bullshit you. A lot of people appreciate that, like, oh, wow, they're a straight talker. Like, they're not trying to scam me or anything. No, straight talker is saying, like, a straight talker would be saying, this is the drawback of this software system. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, be aware of that. Yeah. Sounds like it'll still be the right fit for you. But just so yeah. you know, that straight talker is not like, yeah, this is way expensive. I but, like, I get it. Like- I get it as a sale tactic. Like, I, I work a leather booth at the Renaissance Festival. And oftentimes people come in and they say like, oh, yeah, I got something similar on Amazon or like. So if someone had an issue with our prices, then I could definitely be in that position of like, yeah, these pieces are pricey and you could get something very similar on Amazon and then it'll rip a week after you bought it. Yeah. Well, I I liked your your point about. He's a robot. Can maybe download everything about that person and figure yeah, out what's he's, going to work. Yeah, out. So he's yeah, he's he's read part. every book on psychology and can analyze the micro thingies in in their speech and blah blah blah. So they are at dinner. Are we at dinner now? Yep. Ted is leading them in prayer. Yeah, I wrote you, and he's religious, and, and eek that very pointed prayer. Oh, yeah. I, I expected the camera to pan over to him and have his eyes open, like looking at her, like mm-hmm. them having locked eyes, but Joyce's head bowed. The way he's sitting at the head of the table, too, seems presumptuous and pisses me off. Yep. I know it doesn't actually, like, I don't care about sitting at the head of the table when I eat, but you know that it means something to a douchebag like Ted. Absolutely. It is 100% intentional. And we do see... Joyce deferring to him in this conversation. At some point, Joyce is going to say something to Buffy, and he goes, uh, let me get this. And mm-hmm. he says something like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, again, now I'm not upset that my mom is dating. I'm upset that my mom is dating this guy. I am upset at my, I hope, feminist mother at the way that she's acting in this relationship. I, there would just be like piles and piles of things that I'm upset about. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Buffy says, are you too engaged? And, oh, yeah, that's when Ted says, let me handle this. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, maybe one day soon, he says. Then he says, how would you feel about that? Buffy's response here is glorious to me. She (laughs) says, I'd feel like killing myself. (laughs) Yeah, my note was, 
how would I feel about you proposing? Um, this is literally the fourth time I've seen you. Yeah. That is an inappropriate question on all fronts. And right. it wouldn't even and and again, so inappropriate for him to be the one saying it. Oh yeah. Like this would be a conversation that like mom takes you out to lunch. Yeah. And is like, look, I feel really close. We have talked about a future. What would you think if you know, we eventually got engaged and got married. Like, that is the appropriate response. But, oh, my God. And then and then to also say in that conversation, I'm going to tell you this now. You can tell me your thoughts now, and then you can think about it and come back to me later, too. Right. With this, Yeah. Ali, we would be the per- merge us, and we would be the perfect parent going through a divorce because we would handle it perfectly. 100%. 100%. God, we're the best. Statistically, when I go through my divorce, <laughs> yeah. I will handle it flawlessly. Yeah, yeah, and with Knock your on wood. you can quote me on that. Too. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm not gonna do don't, the angel thing if you aren't perfect and like gently guide you. I'm gonna be right there cheering you on in every horrible decision. Thank you. You make. I'm gonna be like, yeah. Well, that's you. because you have my back as a best friend, not my romantic partner. I would expect it's my true. romantic partner to, you know, gently handle things like like Angel. You, I expect to uh, support me in all fronts with zero oh. exceptions. You got it. I can do that for you, my love. <laughs> you already do. You I, should <laughs> not pay your mortgage this month. Great. Just don't I don't do pay it, it anyway. Fine. Great. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, so my next note is, it's obviously the food. I don't remember if it turns out to be true, but sure seems like it. So, yeah, I was definitely right. I'd you, forgotten that aspect, but it it is very clear. Yeah. Yeah, you were a thousand percent right. And then looking back, yeah, Buffy never eats it. Buffy never. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, so Buffy has snuck out. She sneaks back in and Ted is sitting there. Mm-hmm. There's this like awful dialogue between the two of them. Ted has gone through all of Buffy's shit. This is like a question I have. So Ted is sitting in Buffy's room, presumably has been sitting there long enough to go through things and be waiting for her to come back. Where does Joyce think Ted is? Is she just so drugged she's gone to bed or something? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Like he has just slipped in after she went to bed. Well, no, she's not asleep because we see her in a few minutes when they start fighting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So maybe she thinks he... Oh, good question. I don't know. Maybe she thinks he's taking a shit. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, or maybe she went to bed and she gets up when she hears kind of the ruckus. Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I just, I had the thought of, you know, bringing bringing to the, had the whole, pretty much everything in Buffy is a life lesson. Um, how often does this, this exact situation end up happening? You know, sans vampire and robot, just the, just the way that abusers are being mm-hmm. super sweet to mm-hmm. the mom. And then just like abusing the kids and just oh, yeah, that's the part of this that the part of this episode that's that's really triggering for mm-hmm. me is like if so it, yeah, I mean he's a robot and there's drugs involved and like all this shit or whatever. Well, that's the crazy part about Buffy, right? Like they add in the mystical elements, but a lot of times right. the root of the episode is so believable because right. yeah, there are there are people who as soon as you. As soon as as soon as they start dating somebody, it becomes their whole personality. They like yep. they lose all the and and like a lot of times, even if, like just because you have kids doesn't mean that you're gonna be like any left wrapped up in them. It totally happens. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, and it's really sad. And you know, it's, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't really blame Joyce. Cause again, as someone who's been in a mildly abusive relationship, like it's just, they have this way of talking to you and manipulating your thoughts, even when they're not drugging you. I mean, mm-hmm. add that mm-hmm. into it and you're just like, well, what hope did Joyce have? Really? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little bit of a PSA. When Ted says to Buffy, you'll spend your best dating years behind the walls of a mental, mental institution, high school is not going to be your best dating years. No. Friends, anybody who's listening, just so you know, it Excellent only gets point. better. Excellent point. It's awful. I mean, maybe you will have some enjoyable dating experiences, uh, but they are certainly not your best dating years. Not by You're any stretch. You're going to know yourself a lot better. Yeah. yeah. You will have much more satisfying, interesting, fulfilling relationships once you are more of a uh, developed, interesting person. This moment where... Ted hits Buffy and Buffy says, I was so hoping you'd do that. Love it. Love it. Kick his ass. I felt so much catharsis. It felt so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I don't I don't blame her at all for just wailing on him. Yeah. Not dude. Let loose. Do it. Yeah. Well, and clearly he's shown that he's strong. Yeah. And can take it. So like once she feels the force of that. Oh, buddy, gloves are coming off for sure. Oh, it's so good. But then he falls down the stairs and presumably dies. I just, I can't imagine the impact that this accidental killing has on Joyce. Like, wow. It's, uh, you know, the way that she, that she talks to Buffy uh, after this, it's, it's hard to blame her. Um, he, it's hard to blame. No, I totally blame Joyce. Are you being nice about Joyce right now? Oh, no, I am. I mean, no, no. Even even like right when she like goes to feel a pulse and he, she doesn't feel anything, she turns around to him to her and she's like, "You killed him, Joyce. That was the worst thing you could have said in this situation. He hit her. What? She didn't see him throw the first punch. She just saw, and you saw, and if you noticed." The second that Joyce enters the picture, he stops fighting back. Because he's getting his ass kicked. Probably partly that, but also he knows Joyce is there and he wants to be the sympathetic character. So he wants it to look like Buffy's beating him up, not that they are fighting. So then Joyce is so inclined to believe that her daughter is so rotten and violent to the core. Well, she's seen it with her eyes. She saw him kicking him and punching him and stuff and then she sees him fall down the stairs okay so i have before me a teenage girl a child i've raised and i walk into a situation where she's wailing on this grown-ass adult man and my first inclination is like yeah she's there's yeah I do I do have that note after of in this particular moment it does land in Buffy's favor that she appears to be a small relatively weak teenage girl at least like on the cop side for legal criminal repercussions like yeah yeah it lands in yeah. her side that that is how she comes off but I just regardless of the the whys and wherefores and all those things like just seeing a person die in front of you and seeing that your child 
technically caused it. Yeah, did it out of violence. Yeah. Out of violence. It wasn't like she had headphones on and was stumbling and like bumped into him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like she was an active participant in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Not blaming Buffy, but saying that like, if I were in Joyce's position, knowing nothing about the justifications or anything behind Buffy's, the same way we were saying that like, Principal Snyder, like, has a point. He doesn't know she's a slayer. Like, she just comes off as a bad kid. You've heard about Buffy being in fights before. So it doesn't come as a shock that she's in a fight. Or, like, it doesn't seem beyond her capabilities for her to be throwing punches. I, uh, it's still on the spectrum of Joyce to Grace. No, Grace to Joyce. What did I just say? Joyce to Grace. Grace to Joyce. Yikes. Yeah. On the spectrum of giving Grace to Joyce. You have moved me ever so slightly. Okay. But only... But also, more only more slightly. so, I was just thinking of the aftermath of, I just watched my daughter push someone down the stairs. Or not push it, but, you know, cause someone to fall down the stairs, and I just watched that man die. This person that, you know, whether it's justified or not, I'm in love with. I just but watched like, a person about, like... die in my home at the hands of my child. It, that is That image is in my eyeballs and will never leave. Yeah, and you think, like, Buffy, like, as a mom, you think Buffy isn't equally traumatized at having... No, I'm not saying that Buffy's not... No, 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 I'm not saying that Buffy's equally traumatized, but, like, I can see where Joyce, after this moment, is just, like, at a loss. I I wouldn't even know how to look at somebody. Or even if you just, like, change it around, like, I'm at your house, and I just watched you cause someone to fall fall down the stairs, and they broke their neck and died. I would have trouble looking at you the same way because I would then connect you with that scene. Not even necessarily assigning blame, but just like irrevocably that event is in my mind. How do you even move forward? How do you go to tomorrow with that knowledge in your head? I, uh, to me, so when they are driving home from the police station, the, the, the cops have like said they're not going to press charges or whatever. The cop is still a little bit of a dick to it, but he's not like. I don't know. It's not very... Well, uh, on this podcast, like, we feel like hashtag ACAB, but whatever. Move on. Yes. On, on like, the drive home, for example, Joyce is a stony bitch. You think that your daughter isn't more traumatized than you are, having been the one that caused this horrible thing to happen? Is she that teenager? I just don't even like, know how you think of something to say. There's, like, Either accusations of, of, like, your boyfriend was actually the one that started it. The detective told you that Buffy said that he hit her friend. Joyce, are you, like, coming down off of drugs here? Is that the only thing? I'm not impressed. Not impressed. Yeah. Maybe I demand perfection from parents. I think you do. I think you do. But even so, even if she doesn't blame her, what do you say? What do you say in that car ride? This has been a horrible night. Going through a lot, too, and I hope that we can get through this together. Boom. Done. That would have been better than nothing. Oh, but I, I just don't believe and I that even any actually. I just seen don't somebody believe murdered that you, in front of me. You what? I haven't actually seen okay. anybody murdered in front of me, right. and I could still think of that on that fly. Right, that's what I mean. I mean, if you had, I think that event clouds your brain. I feel like you are in such a state of shock that like your brain is just static. Not nah, Joyce. I'm gonna need you to get your life together. Okay. Well, you're holding people to unrealistic standards, and we'll just move on. Well, you. 
forgiving bad parenting. So we can just I move just on. I just don't think it's bad parenting. I think she had a bad choice in boyfriends. But, like, again, you know, that is also where the drugging comes in. It's like, well, she is not in her right mind. I just feel like pe- people have to live their lives with the information they are given. And Joyce has not been given a lot of information to give Buffy grace at this point. Should she now, like, should she, like, immediately be blaming her for his death? No, but, like, I get get where Joyce is just, like, frozen in shock. It's the night of. I'm not saying, like, a week later or three, two days later she should come up with, like, a way to talk to her daughter. But, like, those first 12 hours, I can see just being like, I... I need you to not be in the same room as me. Mm. Or or even just like, I need to not be in the same room as other people. I am curious what our listeners think. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. So she goes, so next day, Buffy goes to school. Everyone's understandably. Little sad girl overalls. Yeah, little sad girl overalls. I too, actually I made it out that uh, overalls are also my comfort clothes. Uh, so jaw feel Buffy. So understandably. Everyone is gossiping about Buffy. Again, like, come on, who wouldn't be talking about that? Yeah, she was accused of manslaughter. I or even right. even yeah. if it weren't accused, it would be like, yo, someone died at Buffy's house last night. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if you don't know the particulars, like, that is still worthy of everyone talking about it. They're being pretty obvious about it. but Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, yeah. <laughs> well, we all know kids are monsters. Yeah. But I would so skip school. And yes, she says, like, well, I couldn't be at home with, with my mom, which I get doesn't mean I'd go to school. Yeah, not go to I would, I would leave the house. <laughs> yeah, go to the mall. Yeah. Yeah. That would not be the day I went to school. So she uh, kind of scampers away from Xander and Willow even. And mm-hmm. Xander is at first unhelpful, then very helpful to me. I'll give a gold star to Xander here. So mm-hmm. so at first he's like, he was a demon, right? Oh, he was a human. Oh, man. Like, okay, that right. was not great, Xander. Reason- then, reasonable train of thought. Um, then he says, I don't know what happened exactly, but I do know you and I know you would never do anything intentionally. Yeah. And Joyce, that might have been a... Also, thing yeah, to say. that's mm-hmm. true. I know, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the Xander quote. If I could just get my hands on him uh, earlier this week. <laughs> oh, oh, now Xander, you believe Buffy, and now you trust her. Okay, real cool, real cool. Oh, and then I read. Okay, cool. It is the food. Yeah. So in the library, the Scoobies are all being super great. They're like, Giles is like, okay, I'm going to go patrolling for her. And Willow is like, we got to do research. And then they like put it together about the drugs and the food. And, and Cordy stuff. even, and it seems very gentlemanly, she was like, I, do you need us to come? Or like, do you mean, like, what can I do? And he's like, no, I, I'll go alone. You guys stay, stay researching. But like, Cordy is being like super helpful and, and very genuinely. Too, she says, she eventually says something about fascism, which is probably not great. But but then she raises the good point. She's like, doesn't she get a pass or something? Right. Like, doesn't, yeah. Like, all of this great supportive energy that they now have towards Buffy is lovely. I love to see it. Would have been kind of nice if it had come up earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I cannot confirm nor deny that I've ever had an edible. I would. I'm pretty sure that it. Takes a good bit of time for it to the science in this episode. <laughs> the well, like he eats it and then maybe instantly. that wasn't his first cookie. True. Okay. 
okay, then this science, they look in a school microscope. I know. I had that thought, too, of like, okay, the questions she is answering based off what she is looking at do not track. There's this, like, Bunsen burner going in the background, too. Right. Like, what is No, this? she would be needing to look at, like, the color change of something that represented the presence of a certain chemical. I just, like, don't see what she would be looking at under a microscope that would be giving those answers. But I, you know what? I am ready to give Willow the benefit of the doubt. I am not a scientist. You know, I ended my scientific career in college with astronomy which had nothing to do with what that she was doing so ready to give willow the benefit of the doubt i took rocks for jocks in a seven-week session over the summer so i could be done with it noise i tried to take something helpful i took geography uh one of my last years and it was all about the weather i was looking to have helpful knowledge Ooh. about like where cities are and countries and state capitals and things like that uh no I learned about weather patterns and heat systems and what causes hurricanes. To I start. think there might be a hurricane heading my way. So if you could use some of that weather knowledge and take a look at some forecasts and let me know, that would be great. No. If I need to leave, there are state. people who have studied that far more than I. I would trust the local weatherman yeah, more than I would trust. You. My... There are plenty of people smarter than me. This is me doing that thing where I double down on your decision. I'm like, <laughs> no, you should. Okay, so Buffy is home, and then she goes to leave her room because she's like, fuck this, I'm not staying around. But Joyce has nailed her window shut. Cle I mean, clearly Buff uh, Joyce is like, why? So <laughs> how she gets out of the house. Okay, but Buffy can bust the metal lock off of a door, but she can't force a window open after it's been nailed shut. It also could have been Ted who nailed it shut. We don't know that it was Joyce. Still nails. Use... Yeah, yeah, she could still... Yeah. feel bust like out. that's some yeah, that's inconsistency. True. Yeah, we've seen her, yeah, bust out metal. Right. Bust through a locker, but can't get through a couple nails. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay because we turn around and there's this really great line right before this epic commercial break. He goes, what does she say? She says something and he, like, something about it, like, being a terrible day, can't get worse or something. And he goes, beg to differ. Cut your commercial. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. Pretty great. So meanwhile, while this is happening, Jenny and Giles are patrolling. Jenny's being all sweet. She's like, I totally blew you off. I'm sorry. It was just, you know. Girla, you are not wrong. Don't apologize when you're not wrong. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. But it's ironic because she's talking about being in danger. And Anna Vamp is coming like, up behind her. And then she shoots him. Yep. Well, she don't shoots apologize Giles. for blowing him off, Jenny. Do apologize for shooting him in the back. For yeah, shooting Giles. That wasn't your finest moment. No, I do think that contributes to them kind of making nice though her guilt over shooting him. So maybe Giles is down to be shot if it means he can get back with his girl. Fair. I think. I think so. I think he would overall say like, if that's what it took, happy to do it. But he's like, he gets knocked down. But did he not have a weapon in his hand? Did he go patrolling without a weapon? I mean, he had the bag of weapons, but did he not have one in his hand? Yeah, that's a good question. I also wonder, can Sunnydale not stand to take one night off of patrolling? Like, <laughs> is it better to have the human go versus just it not get done for a night? 
you know? Yeah, well... I, I guess I, at the end of it, there is one less vampire at Sunnydale, thanks to him, so... True, that, and I also, thinking of the flip side of that, it's easy to feel like, well, if someone dies last night, that's because I wasn't patrolling. Yeah, I should have been out there, yeah. Right, so... Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So, Buffy... So, when Buffy's in the fight with him and, you know, she stabs him and stuff, like, did she, before she gets knocked out, did she not register that hitting Ted felt different than hitting normal humans? Yeah. Yeah. And we see that there's a good bit of metal there, too. That's a good point. Right. Like, I would think that it would feel different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's like, wow, he's surprisingly jacked. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Ouch. That felt like I was punching metal. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anywho. Good point, Allie. Anywho, so Joyce is surprised but excited that turns out he was not dead. Gives a surprisingly reasonable excuse or story, whatever. And then he says, uh, Oh, yeah, it's you're okay. about to say this. Daddy's here. Oh, yeah. Gross. Gross. You should not say that to anyone other than your child and not to anyone on, over the age of, I don't know, 10. Gross. Yep, horrifying. Gross. All around, straight to jail, straight to the incinerator. Yeah. Oh, and then he says something all something else cringy because she's like, "I just don't know what to do about Buffy and all this situation." And he says, "Don't I always tell you what to do?" Uh, <laughs> not something to brag about. Yeah, that is not comforting in the way that your tone suggests you think it is. Nope. Gross. 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 So Xander, Willow, Cordelia are at this factory. It looks like or shop or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, doesn't look like anybody's lived here. And Cordelia, who is brilliant and is brilliant, period, says, that rug doesn't match this. Mm-hmm. Cordelia's a super sleuth. Yep. Yep. Same way that Buffy's fashion sense guides her. You know, sometimes Cordy's fashion sense makes her notice things that other people didn't. So they notice his decor is way dated and Xander opens a closet and <laughs> I guess... And the evidence that he was looking for, yeah, that Ted is crazy. Yep. I do appreciate his hustle in that moment. He does not freeze. Well, I mean, like, like split second freeze of, oh, shit. And then power walking out of there. No, what what, what was in there? Uh, His ex-wives. And, you know, everyone gets the picture. All right. Time to saddle up troops. Yep. Yep. We got to go. It's time to go. Yep. It's time to tell somebody about this. Yeah, that is good. There are so many times in suspenseful horror movie situations where I'm like, why are you... Move! Go quick! Oh, people are in danger! Yeah, I know sometimes it's fight, flight, or freeze, but, like, come on. Get your ass in gear. But, I will say, uh, so Buffy comes in wielding a cast iron pan, which, you know, this is why you invest in cast iron. It's a kitchen essential wax Ted with it and we see some really sweet special effects makeup once like half his his face is torn off so you see like regular face with robot face pretty sweet um I love to I don't know if this is intentional at all but I just love the symbolism of Ted being such a great cook and that being one of the things like that being how he he like drugs people with his cooking and now yeah he gets murdered killed basically with a kitchen instrument yeah i'm gonna say that the writers that penned a seriously metaphorical series uh were cognizant of that link because he was also specifically referring to the cast iron pan earlier yeah yeah he was yeah right um i'm 
very proud of my cast sire too. So, you know, can there's there's a reason there's a reason, you know, where, what else would you use to cook cornbread? So Buffy and Joyce do have a very nice dialogue the next day. I'm still not ready to forgive her, but Buffy has. So I guess I will move on as well. Yep. Yeah. I feel like in both senses, they were both uh, really moving on pretty quickly. Um, I mean, this definitely goes to the, like, you know, see above where if everyone in Sunnydale reacted to trauma accurately or realistically, it would be a really messed up show and everyone would be on drugs and there'd be lots of other awful things going on. So, yeah, in a way, we kind of just need to, like, scoot things along. And All right. right. Everything's fine now. My one fashion note of the episode is that so Buffy is back at school walking through the hallway with Xander, Willow, Cordelia, uh-huh. and Cordelia has a super cute scarf on that I like. Uh-huh. Always. Always love Queen, Queen C. So in a cute coming full circle, the Scoobies are about to enter the library, and Buffy says, gosh, I, I just can't get a break. And then we see that it's Giles and Jenny making out. Were we really that wigged out by adult kissing at that age? Because in this in this episode, it feels like, all right, they're kissing, get over it. But is that just me being an adult, not getting the perspective of a child? Yeah, would I? Okay, I think everybody is, tends to be freaked out when, like, it is reasonable. For Buffy to not be super down to see her mom make out with some dude. But I don't know if I don't um, want to see anybody just make out. But like yeah, I didn't the, love it when there was like make out hallway in high school. They've it didn't um, matter yeah, who it true. was. But the the Giles and Jimmy stuff, I don't know. It's kind of cute, right? Like, like with that, we've like, been rooting for them. I guess maybe like it's not like I'd want to walk in on my parents making out. But again, I'd be like, yeah, cool. I mean, I wouldn't want to see my mom making out with somebody else because my parents are still married. But, like, <laughs> that would be a whole other story. And I'd kind of be, I guess I'd probably say something like, all right, guys, get a room. Like, if they were really gropey. But, like, if they were just, like, smooching, I'd be like, cool, my parents are still in love. That's awesome. And, yeah, yeah. and if Giles and Jenny, I feel like they're enough removed from you bio- biologically that you'd be like, yeah, fist bump. Like, I'll, I'll high five you for that later. That's funny. Yeah, the the reaction. I mean, that was clearly that was clearly Xander's reaction. And like you said, how it has come full circle. Yeah. Yep. They do. Like like we always say, this this show is brilliantly written. There's no there's no denying it. There's no two ways about it. Oh, shall we wrap up? I think we can wrap up. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode, and we hope you'll join us next time. When we'll discuss season two, episode 12, Bad Eggs. I'm not going to preview anything. Nick is suspiciously if, quiet. If you are just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at, at Tabula Rasa B Pod. And it would really mean the absolute world to us. It would mean more than a delicious personal pizza mm-hmm. a la Ted. If you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would be super appreciated. And sharing too. Sharing is also great. 
And I can't think of a better connection to this. Allie, plug your social media. Okay. Well, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at DaughterPick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K, or on TikTok at Future Black Cat. And if you'd like to throw some money my way, you know, follow my updates on my acting journey, then you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Allie Press, A-L-L-I-E-P-R-E-S-S. Or if you just straight up want to send me money, I am Allie-Press on Venmo. Well, all of those social media handles are going to be in the description. Allie, I can't wait to read the next not-so-weekly update, so y'all make sure you go onto that Buy Me a Coffee or just straight to Venmo, you know, whatever. Allie, it's a treasure as always to see you. I hope you make some proud choices. Thank you. Right back at you. I love you. And I love all of you listeners because you're awesome. So until next time, make proud choices. Love you. Bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Allie Press and Nick Mercer. With music by Infoton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.